This podcast is a presentation of UCTV.TV, University of California Television. Like what you learn? Help others discover UCTV podcasts by leaving a comment or rating in iTunes. Welcome to the 23rd Annual Writers' Symposium by the Sea at Point Loma Nazarene University. I'm Dean Nelson. I'm the journalism faculty at the university. And with us today are Justin Skizik and Patrick Gray, two friends whose story has become a film and a book and soon to be a children's book called I'll Push You. It's a story about friendship that found them doing the Camino de Santiago pilgrimage in the Pyrenees Mountains with Justin in his wheelchair and Patrick pushing him for 500 miles for five weeks. Justin and Patrick, it's a pleasure to have you with us at our symposium today. Thank you. Thank you. So this is a this is a movie and a book I, I, that are so compelling uh, because of obviously because of the actual events, but they tap into these bigger issues. Um, every few minutes, I kept thinking while I was watching this movie and reading your book. Every few minutes, I thought, "Well, there's another metaphor, and there's another metaphor." And and so my question to start out is, did you? I mean, were you seeing these as metaphors, or were you just trying to get through each day? On the trail? Yeah. Oh, yeah. There was no trying to figure out what metaphors were what. It was just get through the crap we had to deal with on a daily basis. Yeah. You know, um, it it was so much was retrospective. You kind of digest the day itself. And I would say we look back and we discuss events, and then we would see metaphors or these, these lessons that we can learn from different people's interactions or their stories. But a lot of it is just, man, just trudge through and make sure that you can get through the next minute. <laughs> Survival. <laughs> yeah, well, but as, as I'm looking just at the movie, I'm thinking, okay, everybody's life has what you guys compressed into a few weeks. You know, if you want to think symbolically. Uh, the, the mud, things break down, you've got this desert, uh, uh, you've got stuff that you just have to go through. You, can, you can't go around, you've just got to go through. And, um, and so at no point you were thinking, oh, this is going to be a great story, or this is going to be a poem someday, or whatever. <laughs> None no, of that. No, you know, it was, it's just all about just getting through the moment. You know, when you look back, the Camino, at least for us, is it's a it's just a great metaphor for life. It just has its ups and downs, and has its deserts, hills and valleys, and there's beautiful moments and, and difficult moments. And for us, it was just a, a true testament of throwing ourselves into that mix and seeing how we came out on the other side. And I think one of the most powerful scenes, through, well, throughout. Uh, is being carried by strangers, just folks who happen to be there at the time. Yeah, uh, that's a that's powerful. That's just powerful. You thought you could do this yourself, didn't you? I, I did. I, when I set out on this whole thing, I, I thought, man, I'm going to get Justin all the way from St. John to Santiago, and I could not have been more wrong because of, of uh, a, a lot of things from a physical standpoint to an emotional and mental and spiritual standpoint. There was so much that I turned out needing that I wasn't aware of until, you know, there's 17 people doing what I can't do. Yeah. And what was, I mean, there's so many lessons that we've learned on this journey, but one of the, maybe the more profound ones for me is the remarkable capacity every human being has for love. 
And that was evident, especially on that day when people just stepped in and carried, I mean, literally picked up a wheelchair and carried him up that mountain. It just, it boggles my mind. Total strangers. Total strangers. Yeah, there's so much hope in that because everyone has that capacity. We don't always appreciate it or understand that, but everyone has the ability to engage in relationships, even for a moment, with that kind of intimacy and intention. So let me play devil's advocate here just for a moment. You had some other people who just walked on by. Yeah. Right? <laughs> How, were you thinking, dude, can you not see what's going on here? Uh, the first time it happened was actually, if you, it, it's, it's very brief. It's in the film. There's a guy right as we're cl- climbing the Pyrenees. And, he, and he's like, do you guys need some help? And, and he asked. But what... What happened in that moment in reality is that we actually, we asked him multiple times to see if he could help, and he was very reluctant to help. And he did in the end. Um, I don't know if that's just because he was dealing with his own, I mean, day one, you're trying to climb a mountain, so it's not an easy task by any means. But um, I think in that moment, for me, solidified that, okay, it's not my position to put this upon somebody else. Patrick and I are there together. We're going to work on it together. And if people decide to step into that journey along with us willingly, then um, we would gladly accept that help. You're Actually, one of them is here. John Throws right here. He's right yeah. in front. Oh, so nice. John is here, was with us. There you go, John. So Thanks for helping out. Diego, so love you, brother. Good to see you again. Yeah. Yeah. So real quick, I want to give a big, big shout out to John. You know, I mean, you... You, uh, you saw him on the screen, but uh, he's just one example of, of people just stepping in and, and loving on us for no other reason than to love on us. And how cool is that? I mean, that's what we're all supposed to do. <laughs> that's what we're all supposed to do. So thank you. Justin, you have this line uh, uh, toward the beginning of, of the book, I'll push you. I'd love for you to just explain it. You say, by giving up my freedom... I am gaining more of it. I love yes. it. It's got that sort of Zen cone kind of feel to it. Yeah. But really, what are you talking about? <laughs> um, well, I mean, I'm, I'm dependent upon so many people to, to live um, from day to day. Just to get up in the morning and to, just to be here in front of you requires that, you know. Um, but on the pilgrimage, by being in my chair... I had zero independence, zero freedom. In this chair, you know, I can go, I can zip around and do whatever I can do, but in that chair I had zero, absolutely zero. And I was required, and it, and it took absolute faith to jump in, to, to be in that chair and let others just get me from point A to point B every day. And by doing that, I had to let go of my freedom and let go of my independence. But by doing, by letting go of that, I gained so much more because I was able to climb mountains and go on 500 miles and, and meet amazing people and experience an experience I never would have experienced if I wouldn't have, if I would have just said, oh, I, don't, I want to do it all on my own. I want to do it, you know, control mm-hmm. that. So I had to give up. It was a big piece I had to give up. And um, it was tough, and Pat and I talked about it quite a bit about it's a it's it's an odd it's an odd thing to say because you're as humans we want to just like I want to go out and conquer the world I want to do this on my own I had to give up everything everything for five and a half weeks 
whatever independence I had, it was gone. And just say, okay, here we go. And that's, that's what I mean by gaining that. Wow. So, Patrick. Yes, sir. This story, this achievement is about perseverance. It's about friendship. It's about sacrifice. But it's also a story about your spiritual evolution. We saw it. We saw it. Um, and you said on this pilgrimage, you saw things about yourself as a dad, as a husband, uh, that you weren't proud of. And you had your own physical breakdown on there where you depended on the, uh, the kindness and the service of others. Then um, there's such this, this powerful moment in there that you don't want to be the same guy mm-hmm. at the end. So even in that time, were you seeing this as, I am being transformed? Oh, man, you're going to make me cry. Um, I, I wouldn't say in the moment I saw it as being transformed. Uh, it, it was just wrestling through, just, there's just a lot going on. Um, you know, John, John mentioned in the film how I, uh, you know, I was reluctant to accept help. And that really sums up a lot of my life, not just in the Camino, but how I've, I've approached life in career paths and that kind of thing. I'm very type A, very driven, I've got to do it myself kind of mentality. And that really uh, polluted my relationship with my kids and my wife through my career that you know, I, was, I was dealing with. And I'll, I'll, I'll sum this up really quickly here with an, uh, an event that doesn't actually, it wasn't captured on screen. But something that happened in, in the Maseta where Justin and I are actually by ourselves, there's no film crew with us, it's, it's days you know, on end of just straight path where you see the steeple in the distance and you walk seven miles and it's, it's no bigger. And you're just like, oh my gosh, how long is it take to get there, right? Are we in a treadmill? It's, that's what it felt like. That's what it felt it's like. Horrible. But it's an, area, it's, it's, it's an area where the landscape does not change. It's the same you know, rolling hills, the same wheat fields, the same trees in the distance, and without this varying landscape, we're forced inward. And that's what I'm referencing when we're at Cruz de Ferro, is this time. But what we don't talk about is what happened after that. Um, and so I'm, I'm coming face-to-face with all these, these moments where I have failed as a husband and a father, moments where I'm just like, man, that is not who I'm proud to be. And there were a lot of them. So we rushed to the next town after I've just been overcome with all this, this pain and, and, and just sadness of who I had become. Mm-hmm. We placed a Skype call to my family, and my wife and kids hop on. You know, fortunately, they, they answered. And, uh, and I, I apologized to my kids for who I had been, and they're young enough where they're kind of like, okay, Dad, you know, we forgive you, we love you, and we're out. <laughs> um, Power Rangers are on. Something, you know? yeah. yeah, right? Yeah. But my wife, my, my wife stayed in the room. And I, I said to her, I said, you know, honey, I, I, I'm, I'm so sorry for all the times I've broken your heart. Mm. It's okay. And I said, I, I know there have been many. And that's all I said. And I just broke down. I just bawled. And she said to me, if you never broke my heart, how would I learn to love you more? Jeez. And that was the beginning. Um, of what I would say was a spiritual revelation for me was that I have a woman who loves all of me in spite of me. Mm-hmm. And that's really the love that we're called to have for our fellow man is to love all of him. You know, <laughs> fears, failures, and flaws, whatever it is, everything, you embrace all of that. 
And for me, it was like, okay, I, I start, I'm starting to get it. Like, I, I believe in, in this Jesus character, this, this person, this entity. But I haven't really grabbed onto what, what I think that I've really been being taught my entire life is that at the end of the day, relationship trumps religion and everything every single time. It is all about the love and compassion that we can give people. And that's what my, life, my wife showed me. Yeah. And the trail showed you yeah. that, right? Yeah. Which is holding up this mirror to yourself and saying, Absolutely. this is who you are. Yeah. Powerful moment. Thanks for making me cry. Well, <laughs> that's the Barbara Walters in me. Yeah. <laughs> so one of the amazing things about this story is the intimacy that you two have with one another. And I mean that in, 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 by using that word, I'm, I'm using that intentionally. But the stereotype is that guys are uncomfortable with this. Mm-hmm. Guys are uncomfortable with intimacy, you know, it, uh, with really being known. Yeah. And what it reminds me of is a, a line from the comedian Gary Shandling, one of my favorites, who says, my friends tell me I have intimacy problems, but they don't know me. <laughs> right? <laughs> so so wh- why are we so afraid of intimacy? Uh, I, th- I think... I'm, I'm being general, um, and I could probably speak to this a little bit as far as my own personal evolution through intimacy, and, and especially with Patrick and another guy friends that I have, is I think we're afraid that once somebody knows all of who we are, then they're, they're going to alienate us, and that we won't be accepted, and you'll be blacklisted. And you know we all yearn for acceptance and, and to be loved. And, um, but I think between Patrick and I, we've learned that the more that I can open up to him, the more he opens up to me, I love him despite all of his failures. And he loves me despite all of mine. And you know each other's failures. And we do know each other's. And we're not afraid to call each other out on it and to go, okay, I see what you're saying. Okay, how can I be better? Because he's pushing me to be a better friend, husband, father, person in the greater world, and likewise with him. I want the best for him. And that takes a level of getting to know somebody. And it's not just a one-time deal. It's all the time. And, uh, and I can tell you that once you get to that level and you work on it and you keep working at it, it's truly amazing the relationship that is, is there. It's always been there. You just have to dig for it. A trip like this had the potential of making you guys enemies, I would think. (laughs) I I was actually thinking about, this could have gone the other way. You know, you could have just left him. I hate you, Pat. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, But did, I mean, at any point, come on, Patrick, did you just say, Justin, I just hate you? (laughs) No. No, it's we funny. Never... We get asked the question, like, tell us about conflict or, like, what was the worst argument you had? And as far as between the two of us, we didn't have any conflict on the journey. Now, don't get me wrong. We've had a lot of conflict throughout our life. Sure, sure. You know, pre and post. You know, yeah. we work together now. There's times that he's got to crack me on the head and vice versa because it's yeah. like, you're, you're being an idiot here. You wake up, Patrick. Like, I'm sorry. Okay. Yeah. But on the, on the trail, 
we, we were just a unified front. There, there were a lot of adversaries, you know, on the, you know, the trail itself, my fatigue, planning and you know, strategy that we had to just kind of navigate towns or locations, that kind of stuff. And so there was so much that we were t- tackling together that we didn't really have any conflict between us. We had things we had to address that got mm-hmm. you know, intense and were frustrating, like when we got lost. Uh, but that wasn't, you know, Justin, you, know, yeah. you idiot, or Patrick, you idiot, whatever. Like, it was just, oh, my goodness, seriously, this has to happen now. Mm-hmm. But no, we never had any moments where it was, I, well, I didn't ever say I hated you to Justin. He may have said he hated me, but I don't know. No, I never. No. <laughs> he's, he's, he's very accurate. So, so, Justin, I thought it was so vulnerable of you to say, both in the book and uh, in the film, uh, your, that dark hole that you considered... Um, and I think you take vulnerability to a whole new level when you describe the advantages of taking your own life. That was a powerful, powerful moment. What kept you from doing it? Um, My wife and my kids and the people around me. Um, But that's who you were considering doing this for. I know. It sounds counterintuitive. It does. Um, that part of the book was one of the hardest things we've, I've ever had to write. Um, it, it was actually not in the book originally. And our publisher came back and said, we want to know more about this. And I'm like, are you serious? And so Patrick and I sat down in my office and we had a very clear discussion about it. I said, okay, if we're going to jump into this, we're going to do this book we're going all in. It's not going to be sugar-coated. And that means talking about things that are even, you don't think even you, even Pat, even knew about, or my wife even knew about. So um, it's a very difficult thing to talk about. Um, but what kept me from it was seeing the things that I'm grateful for in life. And I'm grateful for my wife and my kids and my family. And even though you think that, okay, it's a, initially you think if I was to remove myself from the situation, then the burden would be um, released, be gone. But then you start thinking about what's the impact it actually has on the people around you. And I could never do that. It was powerful. It was just really, really powerful. Um, let's go back to the trail for a minute. Why do you think people helped you? What, do you, what was that about? Why do you, they would walk by and just offer? How come? You know, we've, we had some conversations with different, different pilgrims about their, their um, reasons. And uh, one, one individual, Joe, that you see you know, on the... Uh, on the, the, the movie, he's kind of out front when we first started tackling Osobrero. Joe spent a day walking with us where it was just Justin, Joe, and I. And we talked a lot about what it, it means to, to help people and really how the, the act of, of, of service, not service in like you're doing something you, know, you have to do, but just really stepping in and, and providing whatever it might be, hands and feet for someone who is in need is that there's a reciprocity that exists there that's, that we don't always appreciate, but that, that kind of feeds your soul. That you're, 
you're receiving something out of that act of doing something for somebody else. There's a joy, there's a love that just naturally, just almost spontaneously shows up in those divine moments of just pouring yourself out for somebody else. And Justin says it so well because he's so willing to accept help from myself, from his wife, from strangers, you name it. And he says it all the time that it's, it's this idea that when you deny someone the opportunity to help, them, help you, you deny them the joy in life. There is so much joy in helping. And the flip side of that coin is that you know, there's actually a joy in receiving because of what you're allowing somebody else to experience. I think that's the, that's the piece we don't hear very often is the joy in receiving because it's just hard. I mean, we're, we think we're wired for independence, but what you're trying to get across is, no, we're not. We're wired for community. Absolutely. Interesting. So this is a writer's symposium. You have a story to tell. What, what can you tell people watching this or people in our audience? They're, they're thinking, I've, I've got a story. I, I, have a, I think I have a story to tell. What would you tell? Yeah, I'd say go for it. I mean, that's pretty simple. Justin. Yeah, it is. Could you maybe just develop, do it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah develop Trademark that a little Justin bit. No. Um, you know, it's in the you need to write a book about it. A write a book. Is, write so. a blog post. Write a poem. What you know? I think we just we went into it just kind of open hearted, open minded, and just you never know. I mean, you write a book or make a movie. I don't know how it's going to be received. You're just trusting your heart and your instincts and your gut. You're saying, I think there's something here. I don't know where it's going to go. I don't know. Um, you know, we, we're big advocates of following why we do something, not how we do it. So the how will work itself out in some way. But if the heart is there, then it almost is like we almost ignore the world around us and what they're telling us. And if we would have listened to people telling us we would have never done it because everyone said we're stupid and it's a dumb idea and why would you want to do it? And, you know, I mean, throw on the negativity. And we just said, well, that's not what we believe, so we're going to go do it. And, um, you know, we trusted our heart and our, our, what we felt we needed to do. That, that's, is well, that a better way of saying it? A good way? Well, of, is there a better way of saying that? <laughs> I just want to add to that is that, you know, when we talked about vulnerability earlier and why it's so hard, you know, the intimacy piece, is that people... Uh, I believe that so many of us think that we're the only one. Whether it's addictions, it's a, a struggle, it's a pain, it's something that happened to us in our childhood, abuse, whatever it is, there's this idea that I'm the only one. And we feel isolated and alone. But when we start to tell a story, when we start to embrace the story that we've been given, whether it's good or bad, there is always beauty. And I believe there's beauty, there can be beauty that comes out of every single story. Not the stories themselves are beautiful because, I mean, you have a rough experience as a child. You know, I have good friends who are sexually abused. I have, you know, there's lots of stuff that is so painful and hard. But when we recognize that the story we have is an opportunity for someone else to know that they aren't the only one, that's, there's power in that. And there's freedom in that. And so I would say, if you have a story, if you have a story you believe in, if you have a story that, 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 in some way is compelling you to, to just dig into it. What else more is here? If you're asking the question, do I have something here? You have something there. You wouldn't be asking that question if it wasn't there. 
And so now it is discovering, okay, what exactly is it? Who, who out there is going to benefit and why? And that's why we tell stories. That's why stories have passed, been passed down from generation to generation because there is worth and value to the stories for lessons about how to navigate hard times, to navigate marriage, to, for parenting. And something simple as a parable that allows us to understand honesty. Stories let people know that they're not alone and that they can do more with their lives. So you tell it. That's what I would say. Yeah, well, I think that's what happened. Well done. Yeah, I think that's what happened here. So, Justin, there was... There was just so much triumph in this statement that, uh, that you wrote where you said, I may not be able to feed myself, shower myself, or go to the bathroom by myself. I may not be able to hug my daughter, play catch with my boys, or hold my wife's hand as we walk along a beach at sunset. But today, through the power, love, and sacrifice of others, I climbed a mountain. That, I just wanted to stand up and cheer when I read that. That, that, was a, that was a powerful, powerful statement. But you, had, you don't come to a statement like that easily. You don't. It takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of um, letting go and letting God work, getting out of the way. Um, it takes a lot of prayer. <laughs> takes a lot of crying, uh, takes a lot of hugs, high fives, and uh, when you find yourself on top of that mountain, there's still another valley in front of you, so there's going to be another hill I've got to climb at some point, so the story continues, you know what I mean, so um, I'm very blessed to have a best friend who is willing to say yes, a wife who is willing to stand by my side, family who's willing to stand by my side, and others to step in along the journey to carry me to mountains I never thought I could go to. Justin and Patrick, you took us to a mountain today, and we're really grateful. Thanks for being part of our Writer's Symposium. Thanks, Dean. Thanks, Dean. Appreciate it. You've been listening to a podcast by University of California Television. For more information about this program or UCTV, visit us online at uctv.tv.